Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I am your host. My name is Anthony Tringale, and this week I'm sitting down with Aaron from Onco Fermentations and Kevin from Nanya Business. Well, why am I talking to these two people together at the same time? Uh, it's because a number of weeks ago, Kevin set up a shop inside of a, a kitchen space inside of Onco Fermentations, and that means now you can get really delicious food while you're enjoying really delicious beer all in one space. Um, we're going to get to their episode. We're going to get to their conversation here in a minute. And uh, I'm really glad that I had them on the podcast. You know, Onco Fermentations has been on the Eat Local New York card. And unfortunately, I've just never been down there. I've rectified that situation. I've been down there now after we did this podcast that following weekend. I went down there and and actually had a great time and, and spent a couple of hours down there hanging out and drinking some beers and hanging out with friends. And it's really, I, I highly recommend it. If you're listening to this podcast and you're in Syracuse, it's like a 20-minute drive, maybe 18-minute drive from Syracuse. Not far at all. Uh, fun, easy little drive down, 81. You get off, you're almost there right off the exit. And uh, just a cool bar to hang out in, watch the games, hang out with friends. They've got indoor cornhole and food it's foosball and just it's a cool place to go hang out so get down there and check them out uh what else is going on well uh i'm recording this on sunday the 19th sunday the 18th sunday the sunday the let me open up my phone sunday the 19th yesterday morning my friend bud laura who owns restaurant qb and if you're a restaurant owner or any sort of a food service industry owner you need to be friends with bud from restaurant qb uh, you can go to restaurantqb.net and, and find out more about what he does. Uh, but Bud it was found out, Bud, a couple of weeks ago, uh, saw a video, something on the internet about the Shock and Claws campaigns that are out there and got inspired and decided to set up his own locally. So if you don't know the Shock and Claws thing, it's basically a group of people get together. They all bring a $100 bill with them. They go to breakfast at a restaurant. They pay for their bill collectively, and then they give whatever is left over as a tip to their server. And so Bud decided, Bud being the, the good person that he is, decided that he was going to do the same thing, but here. So he actually did two of them. He did one up at Mimi's Drive-In. He did one at the Market Diner. And uh, I was able to go to the Market Diner one yesterday. And we had 16 people show up for breakfast. We had breakfast and uh, we paid our bill, which is just under 200 bucks. And then we tipped the group of servers. I think there were six or seven of them there. We tipped them the remaining balance, which was just over $1,400. And um, it was just a really cool experience. A, I got to meet people that I had breakfast with that I'd never met before. Other local you know, people met uh, Marianne from the Help by Marianne, which is a like organizational cleaning company. And um, I got to hang out with her and have breakfast and have a good meal at the Market Diner. And then be a part of this group that, that, you know, made this cool impact in, in uh, these people's lives, you know, right before Christmas. I don't know. It was just fun. One of the waitresses that was there had just been involved in a hit and run where she, her, her car got crashed into. And so she had to cover the expenses herself. And, you know, so we were able to help out a little bit with that. And she even paid it for it and, and, and split some of her, her portion of the tip with another employee there who wasn't a server. It was just a really cool experience to be a part of and really great to see, you know, one person with $100 can't make too big of a difference, but 
16 people with $100 can make quite a difference in somebody's life. And it was just, a like I said, it was cool to see all these people getting together and the, the excitement and the eagerness and all these people like, yes, I'm going to jump in and give $100 away. Um, yeah, so great job with Bud uh, covering that. Local Channel 9 was there to cover it at the end, which was really cool. And they had a story on it today. But uh, Bud and I are good friends, and so we decided to start something uh, called the Breakfast Club Syracuse. And uh, the idea popped into our heads that morning on our way to have breakfast yesterday. So we have the website up. You can go to breakfastclubsyracuse.com, and uh, it just kind of talks a little bit about what we do. But you can also sign up. So what we're going to do now is we're going to do these every single month. And um, we're going to get together every month, get a group of people together for breakfast or maybe sometimes lunch or dinner at a different spot. I don't know if it's going to be every every time a Saturday morning uh, or what day of the week it's going to be, probably a weekend. But anyways, we're going to get a group of people together for breakfast at a different locally owned restaurant around central New York. And everybody's going to show up with a hundred bucks if they can. And... Like, you know, just like I said, have breakfast together, give that remaining balance to the the group of servers there. And um, so if you want to be a part of that, if you want to be, just know what we're up to, know what we're doing, uh, or be a part of a future outing, then you can go to to breakfastclubsyracuse.com, or you can visit us on our Facebook page at Breakfast Breakfast Club Syracuse, and uh, like I said, be a part of it. So it's just fun. I think it's cool. It's really great to see people coming together to do cool stuff here during the holidays. And um, yeah, so I posted videos about it on our TikTok and on our Instagram and Facebook page and YouTube channel. You can go check those out. Um, Yeah, so I'm talking to Aaron from Onco Fermentations. You know, we've got 165 restaurants on the Eat Local card now. And a lot of them uh, I've never been to. I've never met the owners before. Just, you know, we're just trying to get as many people out as we can to make sure that we can uh, help our cardholder save a bunch of money and uh, and help these local restaurants get more business. So I'd never been out there, but, you know, I'm glad I, that I finally had Aaron on the podcast. I'm glad I finally got out there. Uh, Kevin's making some great food. I had this really delicious flatbread while I was there. And a buddy of mine had this awesome rice bowl. So, he was doing wonton nachos a couple weeks ago. So get out there and check him out. And uh, yeah, listen, that's it. That's all I got for you for this intro. Uh, join the Breakfast Club Syracuse. Listen to the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a positive review about the podcast. And without further ado, here's my conversation between Aaron. Well, here's my conversation with Aaron and Kevin. Well, I'm excited that you're here. Uh, I have been wanting to talk to you for a while on the podcast. And for the past like four months, we just haven't really been consistent with recording episodes. So, um, you know, I did the Instagram story like two weeks ago and two weeks ago or last week. And like four or five different people had said, you know, Onco. So I was like, great. Um, and then I started scheduling podcasts and then I forgot about it tonight. <laughs> and then <laughs> now here we are. So I'm excited. And you brought a bunch of beer. I did. So having told you what 
I'm drink what what of which of these six beers do you think I should um try first? Well, I would say try the IPA, the session. Okay. Um which one is that? That's the Richard. Is Richard or is it Dick? It's the only one we've won an award <laughs> on so far. Oh really? Um because it's full flavor but low ABV. <laughs> nice. And uh yeah. Well, cheers. Well, hey. Proverbial cheers. Proverbial cheers. Jink. <laughs> oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Might swing you back to IPAs. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> it's like uh, fluid. Is like probably a, a weird way to describe it, but it uh, it doesn't get stuck on your tongue. It doesn't get stuck at the front of your mouth like most IPAs do. I like that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I started like the um, Cicerone course level one. I got about halfway through studying for it. And then it just, I would go to branching out the bottle shop here in Syracuse and walk through and grab a bunch of cans and be like, oh, I'm, you know, reading about that one right now. And then over time, it just started to get way too intense and uh, not too intense, but too intense for me. So all the history of everything. And, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't know about this anymore. So uh, it's still there. I'd like to one day uh, at least have level one in it. I'd like to one day have level one in everything. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I don't know when that day will come. So I don't know a whole hell of a lot about beer. I know enough, but not a whole hell of a lot of enough. So how long have you been brewing and making and selling beer? So we... Um you know, home brewing since 2008, Brian, I just help with recipe ideas and, and maybe get dirty a little bit, but he's the guy, um, and our assistant brewer, Lenny. Um, but we, so we home brewed and we got detoured for six years with a three acre commercial hop farm with another couple, got to know the industry from behind the scenes, got to meet a lot of brewers that way. Um, we had an idyllic farm situation, thought of putting a building on the farm, and then this warehouse space came up, and it's really what we like. So, um, yeah, 2019, we opened up in Tully, March. One year to the day of COVID was our <laughs> one-year anniversary, so that was a ton of fun. Um, but, yeah, we try to make approachable beers. Um, yeah. Get the, we get a lot of people who come in, I just, what's your lightest beer, or what's like a Pilsner, and we get them drinking our Belgian cookie ale every season, oh, really? so they, they're, we try to keep them open to, to the different flavors. Um, yeah. So are you from Tully? I'm from Buffalo, but okay. I've been in Syracuse since around 97. Okay. Uh, we've been in Tully about, been in Fabius since 2012. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. Didn't know how big Tully was. It's pretty big, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> There's a lot of people that come out of the woodwork. <laughs> yeah. It's like 2,000 oh, people just town. like the, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, Tully is, I've got friends who live, um, I get over the Tully exit, but they live um, on the, like, they can literally walk to the top of Labrador Mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back there. And uh, gorgeous, gorgeous, like, cabin that they have um, at the top of this hill with, like, five or six other homes up there. Um, but, yeah, so it's not that far. No. You know, it's like, what, 15 minutes down 81? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And we're just like half mile south. You get off the four corners, and if you had Jack McNerney Chevrolet, you went too far. <laughs> so, That's what I tell everybody. <laughs> is it? It is. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and Kevin, you're back. Thank yeah, you for coming thank back. You. Yeah. And uh, so you're you're here because you are uh, you guys are teaming up for the winter. Yes. Or maybe beyond that, but definitely for the winter. Yes. Uh, and you're now doing food out there, right? Yep. So we have uh, a nice partnership where I provide catering um, for all the customers at Onco. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It's um, how long was it been? Three weeks? Uh, this is week six. Week six. Okay. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's got to be fun to have that in the off season for food trucks. It is. It's well for me. It's you know a nice change of pace, mm-hmm. um, and I can change up the menu and you know not stick to just the the Indian concept but non-new business. Yeah. So that's a nice change for me. Yeah. Um, and it's good to stretch my culinary skills a little bit further. That's cool. Yeah. So I'm very appreciative of that opportunity. Yeah. We'd been looking since we opened. We knew we needed food. Mm. Uh, never wanted to do a full kitchen, at least still not at this point. Yeah. But um, to have something there, we knew it kept people there. Um, and nobody understood what we were trying to do until Kevin came along, hmm. which is something a little bit out of the box, something that's easily adaptable and something that goes good with beer uses beer ingredients mm. and can pair with beer. So That's one of our focuses this winter is not just to feed people, but to do more beer pairing events. Yeah. Um, so far we've just tasted our wild ales with some, uh, with a pairing that he came up with. Um, but we plan on doing more of that. That's cool. So what are you doing there for food? Oh my goodness. So we have a, uh, crab rangoon nachos. Oh really? With a kimchi <laughs> slaw. Comes with a side of sweet chili sauce. Amazing. Hmm. Um, Beer mussels. Oh, nice. Yep. So beer steam mussels. Okay. Um, we do a quesadilla with sun-dried tomatoes and scallions with like a, like a mango um, salsa. That's cool. Yeah. Mm. Sour cream guacamole. Um, we change it up a lot. So we did a caprese flatbread. Um, we had the seafood boil on one night where I had crawfish yeah. and shrimp shipped up from Louisiana. That's awesome. And packaged up, you know, with the potatoes and corn. And yeah. So... <laughs> Get like I said, every spectrum of yeah. the culinary rainbow we can touch. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I was talking to who did I just have on? Um, I've had a couple beer people. Oh, I had Chad from uh, Drink New York Craft mm-hmm. on. Yeah, and I was talking to him about it, and then we just did a podcast with. This was not a serious podcast at all. It was Tim from Buried Acorn, mm-hmm. Chris from The Evergreen, and Rich from Eden. Uh, we were supposed to be taking magic mushrooms on that podcast, and uh, somebody didn't show up with the mushrooms. Uh, so uh, I thought that would be fun to do. Um, and uh, Kill me off the ceiling. Yeah. I've never done them before, um, and I'm not a big, like, I don't smoke weed or anything like that. <laughs> But uh, I've that's all... not your first. Don't don't do that first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the gateway. I used to get. Uh, I used to smoke weed, but I just over time, like getting older, I can't stand the smell of it. And uh, but I've always I've thought that like maybe microdosing mushrooms would um, like make me a little bit more creative. I used to be a lot more creative than I have been ever since I've had the business. And uh, so, anyways. Um, so I thought that would be kind of a cool, I wasn't planning on doing it with them on the podcast. I just invited the three of them to come down for an episode and somebody suggested it. And I said, yes, let's do that. Huh. Um, 
but they want we wound up not doing it. We wound up just sitting here and playing poker <laughs> and recording it. So what I'm about to say can't really be taken too seriously because we were all just goofing around and hanging out that night. But uh, having said that, um, I th- the beer scene in Central, I shouldn't say all of Central New York, but definitely in Syracuse to me is kind of um, uh, disconnected from the food scene. And there's a few places that really get it, like really dive into it. But, you know, it's, it feels more like a fringe, like people, like friends hanging out than it does like some really strong connection to food and beer. So it's really cool to see that, you know, you're, you two are doing what you're doing out there. Um, you know, that you're working with a beer, coming up with cool recipes and yeah. tastings and come up with a different menu and that you've, you know, it's thought kind of a, it. a whole team effort we have. Um, Someone who just joined us who is just can talk beer like crazy, and she loves beer and cheese pairings. Cool. Uh, but Tom, our um, sales and distribution manager, um, is going for the Cicerone and okay. Level 3, I believe. Wow. And he is going to run a food and beer pairing program even before we talked to Kevin. We were hmm. going to do that. So um, he's embroiled in sales a little bit, but he's coming on full-time That's as awesome. of January 1st. And so he's going to be able to spread his wings and figure out what kind of beer pairings would go well with us and help us all. And we all come up with these ideas together. It's the beauty of being a small, comp- small nimble company. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, we're excited. We definitely are about the, the food and the flavor of the beer. That's really um, cool. And the creativity. Yeah. You know, some of the combinations that I've seen at Onco have just blown my mind. Yeah. You know, with going to some of the other breweries with the food truck and seeing what they're doing. And it's been kind yeah. of, all right, that's good. Yeah. But you can go here and get almost the same thing. Right. Do you know what I mean? Where you're not going to be able to find some of these mm, combinations cool. anywhere else. Yeah. So it's, that's and cool. I like to do that with the food as well. So mm-hmm. it just, it just meshed. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what is Onco Onondaga County? Yep. I just made that connection. That <laughs> and, and then the kitchen is 159 for our zip code, 14159 for okay. Kelly. So All right. we, we, we. <laughs> I don't know why I just made that connection yep. that Onco is Onondaga County. Um, that makes sense, though. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's good. Um, so, I mean, besides being the hot, you know, like being a home brewer and all that kind of stuff, what made you really attracted to wanting to own a brewery? I mean, the type of um, atmosphere, the experience we would get when we go out wine tasting, yeah. and as breweries were starting to evolve, and we sit there and you meet people. Um, and and when you go to the right place and you get and you get to learn from the the people who make the product and and their enthusiasm that was what we we wanted to be those people um so the warehouse space became like an an adult coffee house there were people from Tully that hadn't seen each other in 15 mm. 20 years and they were all starting to find each other again cool. over beer yeah so um that's been that's been that's been the the part that keeps us going there every day are there local? Are there any other breweries or anything like that in Tully? No, I mean Tully was dry until the '80s, so people are still really? surprised that we put something there. Wow! Um, there hasn't been anything super new in a while, so it's, there's still people in town who don't know about us because drinking isn't their thing or going out. But they all—they're all starting to end up there either for to have some food or trivia night. Kind of brought everybody out of the woodwork too. Yeah. Um, and the food trucks. And the food trucks. Yeah, love people the come for the food trucks. Hmm. So. Um, that's awesome. But so this year, now that we've got that going, they all know they all drive by and look to see what food truck we have. Yeah. Um, or if there's food, um, 
if they don't drink beer, they're still, they've come and we welcome them to just come and take the food to go. I mean, that's cool. But they're all slowly coming in and at least finding out who we are, and they get to see me and Brian there every time, which is, um, which not every place has the owners there. Yeah. Um, and I forgot where I was going. To <laughs> but uh, community space. I mean, we, we're throwing more and more events that are community focused, and so we really want to be a long time staple, and that's. Um, Warms our heart to see everyone like come out for something, yeah, um, and then stay for the beer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what should I try next? Um, do you are you into peppermint at all? Yeah. All right. So this one we had people lining up at the last brew fest for. Okay. This is our peppermint chocolate and and vanilla. Um, so most of our names come from instead of mushrooms from having drinks on the porch. Okay. And what is going on around us. So, um, so, um, anyway, a label for one of our sours went out and it said, and, and vanilla. It was blackberry, peach, graham cracker, and, and vanilla. (laughs) And it it ended up on the shelves that way. So we said, well, we got to make an and, and vanilla series. So that's our milk stout series. That's cool. Um, Wow. I've never, ever, ever, ever seen peppermint. So this is what I'm talking about with the different flavor wow. profiles and combinations really and yeah. Hmm. Now what do I pair that with? Right. My first thought is vanilla ice cream. <laughs> See, make it into a float. Yeah. You could do a uh, lassie out of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you're doing with it as a float? No, but no. I think I'm going to now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you kidding me? A big glass of this with two scoops of vanilla ice cream in it we, would be um, amazing. We kind of gave him a hard time. You know, he came up with a menu and a couple things. And we're like, Kevin, we really want you to, we want to go out of the box here. We want to go out of the box. So then he, all of a sudden his eyes lit up and he came up with the, the first menu. And we said, okay, he gets it. So then we talked back and forth. What's the feedback from people? What's our yeah. feedback? Hmm. And so finally, it's really like, Kevin... You got it. Do what you want. We yeah. can't wait to see what you come up with next. That's cool. Yeah. So I'm going to jump on that. This one right here. Yeah. JB, you're dead to me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take that and sous vide cook hamburgers in that beer. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Pair that with caramelized onions Okay. with a reduction of that beer served with uh, aged cheddar. Hmm. With uh, bacon, mac, and cheese. Wow. On a <laughs> grilled potato bun. Wow. It may just sound a hell of a lot better because I've been fasting, you know, on the <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's hilarious. That's awesome. That's really cool. So how do you sous vide it in the beer? Do you... Rip- so make the burger, season uh-huh. it, put it in the bag, yeah. add, add the beer. Add the beer to it. Vacuum okay. seal it. Yeah. And then sous vide it to about 120. Okay. And then chill it. Yeah. And then reverse sear yeah. on a flat top. Wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Huh. Are you, do you enjoy kind of like tasting the beers and coming up with something? Actually, yes. Yeah. So I am little feeling That's a little fun. spoiled and special because yeah. I get to sample before everyone else <laughs> well most the customers yeah put it that way um and it's really nice yeah you know i don't remember what the one's called that you have aging in the back barrel uh but, the wheat oh. wine mm-hmm. <laughs> does it make you want to get rid of the food truck <laughs> Ooh, that's a tough question right now um because there's a lot of people that love the food truck right um but it's a lot easier having a stationary location. Sure. Um, 
and I like the challenges. Yeah. You know, where the food truck kind of gets the same. I'm mean, looking forward to making some menu changes with that for next season. Yeah. Um, but if there was an opportunity, I probably would. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. We'll, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I'd imagine the food truck business could be a lot of fun, but it could also be like just a whole different world of headaches. It is. I mean, well, the maintenance and things like that. I know we had a couple of breakdowns yeah. with the food truck, but the one thing I really, really enjoyed, and my wife enjoyed, is going out to the different places and yeah. meeting all these different people. Yeah. I mean, to touch back with Anko and Tully, mm-hmm. we go to the farmer's market in Tully in okay. August, and we'll sell out at the farmer's market wow. on a Tuesday yeah. in Tully right. with Indian food. Yeah. So, I mean, Tully is just well, fantastic. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I mean, a lot of people up in Syracuse is too far away to go, whatever, yeah. but they are missing a huge opportunity in Tully yeah. with Onco and the food and the food trucks and the yeah. beer. It's, when you were saying amazing. earlier that he, he, they wanted to make you a hotspot, they kind of wanted to do something similar to what they were doing at Great Northern Mall. Was that right? Um, no, they had, it was 315 us and um, one other brewery that, they would do the scheduling for you gotcha. because they knew the trucks would do well there and, and trucks would pick the dates. Yeah. And then it all fell apart this summer when trucks had way more opportunities because everybody was getting married again. Yeah. Well, doing outside stuff. But, um, right. So, yeah. yeah, we're taking this program through the winter. We have a snowmobile trail that comes right to our door and people have started discovering us after skiing last year. So cool. we got fire pits. We'll keep going and yeah. more of the seasonal beers. and That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised how bad food trucks have done at breweries for some reason. Like, do you do a lot of social media, like, marketing for the businesses? Um, I do it all, yeah. That's a, um, a lot of hurt. Yeah. Um, do you just, hate it? I don't mind it. Um, there's, I'm, there's a lot of clutter out there. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out how to rise above it. Yeah. Um, for some breweries, all they talk about is beer because that's what they do. Right. But I have live music. I have all these other things. So I have to figure out how to keep the messaging yeah. consistent. And so... I've come to figure out that we're selling an experience, so mm-hmm. trying to keep that umbrella going. Yeah. Um, and then the beer is part of that. Yeah. Um, but yep. it's, it's hard to... You, you yeah. don't start something and stop it. You, right. You have to keep it going. Twitter is not good for not at many all. breweries unless you are a brewery that has the yeah. needs to read the tweet whether you sold out a beer while you're in line and right. just not that brewery. Twitter works really well if you're like a local news source, a politician conversationalist you have to talk yeah, back on twitter exactly so if you're a restaurant or a brewery or for the most part it's not really that great unless you're in like for most of the local people i'd say you know who does i hate to admit this because i don't want to ever promote them but heritage hill does a really good job with their social media um and like getting that experience out there um and i'd say they do one of the best jobs of a brewery in like the syracuse area 
Um, it's really challenging though, because, um, you're right. It's like, what do you talk about? Like, what do you say to get, like, people are going to be drinking your beer no matter what. So it's like, you're trying to reach, you know, a new audience who doesn't know that you exist or doesn't know that you have live music or doesn't know that you now have Kevin there doing food all the time. Right. You know? Um, yeah. So it can be challenging to come up with like the things that are really going to work. Um, I'm just tired of social media. It's like, the more and more information that comes out about it, the more and more people realize, like, not only how much information the, those platforms have on their users and how to target them, but also how bad it is for people's mental health if they don't have boundaries in place. Right. But it's like a drug. It's meant to not, it's meant to tear down any boundary that you have as a user, you know, get you in the endless scroll and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's good for... For so, you do capture some people. I'll have some ads running continuously, and, and people come in. I, you just showed up on my feed. Yeah. But um, more and more, they're coming to us because someone told them about us. That's great. Um, yeah. And that's so that's that's what we we're always gonna make that the forefront. Is yeah. Their experience is going to usurp yeah. what they see on social media. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'd love to do an experiment for, with a client where they don't post for a month and then see what happens with their business, but I kind of don't want to take that risk for any <laughs> of them. Because <laughs> um, I wonder if if things would change. Because a place like yourself, if they're having this great experience, um, then it may not make a difference, you know? Yeah, I mean, for us, if we show a post about a new beer, we don't get a ton of traffic on that but if we show a post about everyone drinking our beer right then we have the traffic so it's getting those those pictures in those moments um yeah yeah and they, those just kind of happen you yeah know it. right exactly those algorithms for some reason do not push alcohol hmm. it, you could take the most attractive picture of just a beer by itself or a cocktail or a bottle or a glass of wine and those social platforms I think because of like age restrictions and stuff, um, they just won't push it out there. They won't give you a lot of attention on posts. Um, even running ads is for with alcohol in them is pretty challenging. Um, yeah. I mean, I understand why, but I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, that's been my challenge the last um, year is to figure out the right balance. And Yeah. So what was step one when you're opening up a brewery? I mean, obviously you found the location. Like with step one, hey, here we've got these great four beers. Let's go find a place and make them in larger scale. Um, oh, um, a little bit. I mean, we we were doing the whole picture at once. I mean, what what did we want the place to look like? What did we want the experience to look like? Um, we had some beers that we were happy with, um, but we knew where we were going to keep trying to go with them. Um, Brian was taking a lot of classes, um, so we definitely didn't come out of the gate thinking we had the the best beers or they were going to be the best, mm -hmm. and we knew we were in a market where we had to have some of the lighter beers on Pilsner's, a cream ale, um, and then it just went from there with just a couple of beers. We took a tiny batch of cream ale and, toast, and put it on toasted coconut, mm. and it became like our bestseller, and they're still, mm. do you have the Coconut King? They're still crying for it today. <laughs> um... So, for us, it depends on who's in the room at the time. They would be, if, if one is drinking Pilsner, you got to have this Pilsner, they'll all drink Pilsner. Hmm. Or, or if one is drinking one of the colored beers, they'll all, <laughs> if they have color, I want the pink one. Um, so, I mean, we 
wanted to make sure our beers were clean and, and flavorful. Um, we didn't think we'd be brewing as many different styles as we were now. Mm. Our milkshake series was not on our radar. Mm. Um, the fruited sours were just coming out when we were opening up. And yeah. everyone does a kettle sour. Well, we do a co-pitch sour, mm. um, which I'm going to open for you next. Yeah. So this is... Um, <laughs> Raspberry, orange, lime, vanilla. Okay. It's kind of like a sweet tart, but with a lot of the huh. um, fruited sours, the, the kettle sours, they really oh, wow. just, they end with a cheek-ripping yeah. one-dimensional layer that, yeah. we, that we think these get away from. Huh. Um, mm. So we knew we were going to try and push the envelope on some things, but we were definitely going to try and improve on one thing before we moved on to the next. That's why we're just starting to play with our milk stouts now. Yeah. Um, this is our fifth or sixth of this is thesis sour series. Um, and it's the first time we brewed a brown ale. Hmm. We've been waiting to brew JB, you're dead to me since James Brown left us a one star review two years ago. <laughs> so we, um, it just, it finally came up in the schedule that we had time to brew this and concentrate on it. So, Maybe you're dead to me. That's hilarious. That came out uh, yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um... Oh, do you have the review on there? On the oh, label? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's uh, amazing. Was, see, I all the can art is either a photo of something manipulated from in the brewery. This is um, whipped cream thrown on a porch, and then I just do different color. Um, gradients depending on the the fruits in the beer yeah um they're mostly just a manipulated drawing but this is the first time i drew something Mm. so that stick person that's me i drew that (laughs) so i'm really excited about it i even gave him a little tongue that's hilarious so that's the extent of my artwork talent (laughs) that's pretty funny well i mean that's partially genius because that saves you i'm sure a ton of money on label artwork (laughs) Because that stuff can get expensive. Oh, very expensive. Yeah. I mean, getting someone to do a particular, to, to pay someone to do the hour, we just, we just can't do that. Yeah. Um, so hopefully the, mm. the one common denominator is the, is the logo on the front. Oh, cool. And then I'm playing with where I put some of the other components, but. Yeah. Hopefully there's enough of a branding element going on here. That, yeah. That'll. Stick for the years because I don't feel like changing it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it, I feel like the brand is more important in beer than most other food-related businesses, you know? It's very crowded out there. Yeah. Um, definitely on the shelves and sticking out. Um, and, and it was never our intention to be on the shelves. Yeah. But we are seeing that we still, we're trying to drive people to the, to the tap room. Yeah. And that's where the money is. And yeah, for sure. Um, so we have, um, what's the goal for it one day? Um, is there a goal or is it, are you just enjoying it right now? Um, enjoying it. Wanted, wanted to be a little more, um, taproom driven, um, yeah. a little more events on the taproom. Um, we have, a the, another reason this space worked out good is we have 3,400 square feet that we just took behind us. Wow. Um, I wouldn't mind being the next Lost Horizon. I love having the live music there. Yeah. Um, it's also giving us a space to rent and have some income driven from events and things like that. That's cool. Once we get heat back there. <laughs> um, <laughs> just the more and more community-focused events that, that there's something going on every weekend and 
people come down and go. Yeah. That's, that's kind of our, our goal. Yeah, that's cool. Now you didn't mention your beer garden. Huh? Tell them about your beer garden and the awesome fire pits. <laughs> so we have a beer garden. Um, <laughs> it's a great spot in the summertime. Yeah. I'm going to jump in on this. Yeah. Is having the food truck there late at night and it gets dark out. And people are starting fires in the fire pits, mm. and they're sitting around just having a great time. Yeah. Um, and th- that's one experience that I'm kind of missing with this cold weather is, yeah. you know, even going there w- when I was off. Right. To sit out there and enjoy it. That's cool. Because um, it's a great spot. Even, mm. you know, right there, it's quiet. Yeah. And you're like almost in the middle of a field somewhere, so quiet. Mm. And you just kind of get cool. lost. Yeah. I've got to get down there. There's there's somebody that's there's uh, one of our followers has been messaging me about some restaurant in Tully. I don't know if it's new or what, but uh, some exceptional restaurant he keeps sending me posts about. I can't think of the name of it to save my that's life. That's one five nine. It was before uh, that. Song I think. Mountain has a new restaurant, so there's a you know an acclaimed chef over there and everything. I don't think that's it. Oh. Is there another restaurant in Tully? Uh, as stupid as that sounds. Uh, the View the, or Sweet Basil. Um, it might be sweet basil. Yeah, sweet basil does a great job. Do they? Yeah. I'm gonna have um, to go through the DMs and find it now. But uh, yeah. Well, we're so we're working on. I'm trying to like hone in on cool series to do for eat local for content to put out, like primarily video content and then also blogs. So you know, right now we focus heavily on the card, especially this time of year mm-hmm. because. Everybody buys the local card between October and December 31st, you know, October 1st, December 31st. And, um, but our website is just focused on the card really. And so I'm trying to change that. We just hired a company to read completely, build a new website and we're going to start focusing more on like blogs. I've got a couple, uh, freelancers that are writing for us, more of the podcasts, more of the videos, and we're going to start trying to do some cool video series we, I'm going to start trying to do some cool video series, although I do need to hire somebody. But, uh, so we're doing, I'm doing the stuff at the palace and, uh, on the 13th and we're doing this thing with Tim from Baird Acorn cause he's from Chicago. And, you know, here we've got pump pizza and tangy tomato that do Chicago deep dish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to, Tim and I are going to get together and order a pizza from each and have him try each and tell us what he thinks as a true Chicagoan. But then that very next day, he and I are flying to Chicago at like 6 a.m., and we're going to go run around Chicago and go try the legit deep dish places, and then he's going to compare those to the ones here. And then we fly back that night. Um, so we're in. I'm in Chicago with Tim from Berry Day Corn for like 12 hours. Oh, so your company's paying for that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you guys need a cameraman. Yeah. <laughs> Tickets were surprisingly cheap. It was only like 250 dollars for the round trip flight, so that was nice. But uh, um, I think we're gonna do the same thing with Kyle from Kasai, who's opening Danny Steaks. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do that in Philly because he's from Philly. So we're gonna go to there and you know try a couple Philly place, you know Philly cheesesteak places out, but. I was thinking, do you remember the old Travel Channel show where, I forget her name, the host name, but she would do, like, how to eat on a budget? I think, actually, Rachel Ray did it at one point, too. Sure, yeah. You know, I was thinking, is food is so expensive nowadays to go out to eat, uh, rightfully so. 
right? Uh, it's not like it shouldn't be expensive. Everything is, the cost of everything is jumping through the roof. But I was thinking about doing a series on like where to get the cheap eats in, you know, central New York. You know, so like... I mean, your menu is surprisingly cheap. Everything's ten dollars. The entree yeah. is twelve, yeah. and you get a lot. And people like I, I, I warn them. I say, don't everybody order everything on the menu. It is shareable, and uh. so they they take some home. Yeah, it's a really yeah. good price. Cut point. back on the portions, raise the prices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I laugh because I've got my friends at three one seven. I don't think I've ever mentioned their name on the podcast, but Joel and Natalie come on the podcast like every you know couple months. But back like a year ago when they first came on, they were talking about, you know, they were, you know, it was like, it was the winter of that COVID. So it was really bad. So I looked at their menu and I was like, well, you guys should raise your prices. You're charging too little. Like everybody's raising their prices right now. And this is like a year ago almost. And so um, like two or three weeks later, Rebecca and I go there for dinner and uh, they were like, Hey, we took your advice. We raised the prices. It's been going great. Thank you so much. It was like, Oh, cool. And I looked at the menu and I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was like, Holy cow, you raised them too high. It's like lower. Them. <laughs> but it's going great. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but, uh, but no, I was th- so I was thinking about doing something like that and then like focusing on different areas, like going to Cortland, going to Tully. I was thinking, you know, we'd do like a, uh, not for the cheap eats, but just like go to Tully and be like, hey, here's the stuff. If you're in Syracuse, here's stuff to do in Tully. You know, here's stuff to do in Cortland. Here's stuff to do in Oswego. So, yeah. Get yeah, I mean, Tully's, there. it has 23 Airbnbs. Does it really? Uh, it's got the lake community. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, almost like a little village center with a um, pottery store and yeah. um, Earth, to Soul, Earth to Soul. So that's a health store. Um, hmm. donut, donut on a stick. Don't there's a coffee stack? shop. Yeah. Hmm. There's um, three restaurants. There's yeah. a brewery. I mean, Tully has an ice cream shop. <laughs> yeah. 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 What's busier there? Is it wintertime? Um, it, it'll pick up again as the snowmobilers come. Yeah. Um, and this is our busy season now from Thanksgiving weekend on. Really? Um, we, a little bit. It, it'll stay, we get like October to November, I mean October to November, we get the kind of a rural conundrum of uh, they're all hunting, mm. and so all of a sudden it dies off a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then mm. Thanksgiving weekend we do our friends and fermentation membership drive, and um, we've run a can for the last couple of years. And cool. um, last January we said, all right, we'll just we're not going to brew for a week. We're going to be in a slow season. We just, just everyone's on their diets. Christmas is over. Blah blah blah. And we got our asses handed to us. We were steady from like <laughs> two to seven until we had to compete with lawnmowers. So it was like a really good winter mm. last year for us. So we're hoping for some of the same. Yeah. People out and about, you can't do anything or, or they are skiing or doing something yeah. active. You know, once they get over the, the idea that it's going to be dark for a while right. and cold for a while, then they start coming out again. So we, we think we're past where we usually have kind of our slump yeah. and, and head back up into a decent direction. So That's cool. Yeah. I like talking to somebody who owns a brewery who's not right in Syracuse. So <laughs> cheers to that. Well, um, thanks for having us. Yeah. Because uh, I, th- I am under the belief that there's too many breweries in Syracuse <laughs> and too many coffee shops. But uh, um, I'm just astounded at how many breweries that exist. I mean, there's a lot in Syracuse, but how many exist in like New York State as a whole? It's amazing how big that has all boomed in the uh, over the past four or five years. 
I mean, they're re- they're becoming kind of the neighborhood brewery again, which it used to be. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's true. So we're a little bit of that, at, at, you know, in certain times we're we're the neighborhood brewery, and then but Saturdays and Sundays, it's what what new brewery can I go to? Yeah. So that's why. So we get a little bit of both of those worlds. Yeah. Um, it's not the bar scene anymore. It's, right. It's the, no. It's the brewery scene. Yeah. You know that or like the club scene. Right. Well, not the club. But yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, ideally, we liked the the winery hours where people would do the like the ten to six hours or something like yeah. that, or. Um, but then we opened up a little bit later as we started having music. And then, yeah. um, in general, they're, they're, everyone's ready by nine to, to they're done. They're, they've, they've either been there for a few hours or else they're going to head somewhere where they can stay out too. And that's not us. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, maybe it's just me. I've just never, there's a couple, I need to get down. The, I need to get down to check. You I would out. say yeah. s- this Saturday would be a phenomenal time to come down. Really? Yes. I'm going to uh, put this in my calendar right now. If, if you like crowds, um, Jess Novak <laughs> Band is coming on oh, our okay, CD cool. release party. Like, okay. One of my favorites. Yep. What so time is that? I'll be there at 7 o'clock. What time do you open? We open it on Saturday. Four. We open at 1. Wait, oh, yeah. And you're doing dinner at 4? He'll do... F- you're, Saturday, you're doing dinner from 2 to 7. Yeah, 2. Sorry. You're doing food from 2 to 7, yeah. yes. Or later. Yeah. 2 till, till whenever. I'm going to put it in my calendar right now. I'm going to say 4. And... Uh, what time does she start? She, she starts, starts at seven. 7. I'd like to avoid that, so that's why I'm going to come at 4 oh, for yeah. like, yep. dinner. <laughs> I love Jess Novak. I just, you know, um, I'm I'm not, I'm 35, which is not very old, but... Uh, nope, that's the, why I gave you a heads up. If you want to come <laughs> yeah, here in the crowd, come, come. Yeah, that's funny. But, I mean, we have... There's always space to spread out. With the back, we have a foosball table, cornhole back there, oh, cool. couch. So people, you know, they don't have to be front and center and, and, and beholden to the music. They can hear it, but they have a space they can go. That's cool. Um, so one of the things we're building, which would be zones like that, where um, we've got a fireplace on order. So it'll be a, th- a one-third of the space in the back. We call it the back space. Yeah. Um, so he's gonna build. We're gonna build a room out of barrels, so that would be a small tasting room. That's cool. So to break the large space into two smaller spaces. So even yeah. in the beer garden, we want to add more vegetation, have zones, so you're not like always in. Yeah. So you can always come and chill. It can look small when you're there, or it can look as big as you want. Yeah. Depending it. Yeah. That's cool. That's that's kind that's, of our end game. That's a cool spot. Yeah. I'll be there Saturday. All right. What should I try next? Um. Ooh. What do you have? The I've never sour? done this on the podcast where it's I like... I have a yeah. raspberry milkshake. Yeah, I've never had a milkshake beer. Oh, so milkshake IPA starts out as an IPA. Um, we add a little bit of lactose and vanilla. One of the things that we're doing a lot of right now is creative use of vanilla. Okay. Um, there's a lot of lactose in a lot of beers around, but it's, it's more of a... Hmm. Um, just a balancing act for us than to be yeah. the star of the show, but it's a style, to mm. call, a milkshake style. So then what I really like about raspberry milkshake is there is just a slight bite at the end to let you know yeah. that you are drinking an IPA. Yeah. That's, so that's, it's my favorite of the milkshake mm. series so far. That was a good choice. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. That's really interesting. Hmm. This is what, this is, yeah, it has that bite at the end of it. Yep. Yeah. Just enough. Yeah, that's really interesting. Huh. So, uh, what do you think is going to be different about next year's food truck scene? Oh, my gosh. So, everything opening back up, 
even with the different variants going on right now, there really hasn't been a lot of restrictions that I've seen. Yeah. So I see that continuing for next year. Um, we still have a couple of big events scheduled for next year. That's cool. Um, still trying to hammer down the brewery schedule. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to keep some dates open and see what's going to happen in the future. So yeah. from my end, I'm just kind of keeping my options open. Yeah. Um, have minimal food truck schedule that I want to commit to because mm-hmm. I don't like canceling. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then we'll see what kind of opportunities are out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly at Onco fermentations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, Kevin has such a pedigree. I mean, he's designed kitchens and ran um, Cornell and Binghamton yeah. kitchen. So he comes with the experience. He was just telling me on the way here that he, he likes to help design. Cause I was just said the design, the menu concepts, the, you know, concepts, the whole restaurant so, concepts. Yeah. So yeah, if we ever get cool. a little bit different or a little bit of a hybrid situation, then we continue going on. Um, he's the guy to guide us. That's um, cool. and if we had to hire staff for it, he would be the guy to, yeah. You know, so we have, um, I mean, one of our, one of our end games is, is a, a pizza oven. Oh, cool. Um, but a full blown kitchen with fried stuff. I don't know. But yeah. the, but the pizza oven or, or, um, hybrid stuff like what we're doing now Yeah. and the food trucks, the food trucks would probably come more for when I have an event Yeah. You know, and I can have vendors. I, I can have a whole beer festival on my property yeah. and I aim to do that someday. I just haven't been able to do it yet. That'd be cool. Um, I've, I've been got one... a dead end road to work with. So that's awesome. I've wanted to throw one this whole year. I, I was toyed with the idea of trying to schedule something to do it, but it is a huge undertaking. I do the. I work with Abbott Farms in Baldwinsville, mm-hmm. and they have a massive space. And you know, last February, I think yeah, it was last February. Um, they came to me, and you know, they're busy like you know when it's harvest time. So May, June through. Christmas, you know, because they can do Christmas stuff. Um, you know, apple picking is done in like late October, um, early like first week of November. So then it's you know they're kind of then they go into like holiday themes. But then January, February, March, April, they're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so last year they came to me and they said, "Hey, listen, we're thinking we're probably going to have to let you go for social media just because we're so slow." Like. You know, nobody's coming in and nobody should be going in. You know, they sell like they don't really, you know, they sell milk and pastries during the day. You know, Mm -hmm. there's no events or anything like that. There's nothing to go pick. So I said, well, why don't I just come up with an event that will just pay for the marketing instead? And we'll throw one event on those dead months until. So we decided to do we had three different breweries in there selling cans. We had a band. And the first thing was like the St. Patrick's Day, you know, f- event. And um, we had a food truck. We had Via Napoli show up. And um, it was great. They had like 100 people there. They loved it. You know, people were hanging out. We sold tickets to get into it. And then once you were in there, you could buy beer or buy food. Or they had, out- mm-hmm. it was still cold, but they had outdoor fire pits. And, you know, it was fun. And, yeah, um, I remember that. you know, so we did that. And then, you know, we did another one like the next month and that didn't get as much traction. And so we thought, you know, all right, maybe three breweries is too much, you know, instead of three breweries trying to s- separate a hundred, you know, a hundred beers, let's do two or let's do one brewery, you know. Um, but, uh, and then we had, we did just like a random thing where we had Bold Coast and 
I forget if Willow Rock was there for that or who the brewery was, brewery was but I mean, Bold Coast brought in this massive crowd of people, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like raining and they still showed up, mm-hmm. you know, standing outside. So, um, yeah, doing stuff like that. So when we were doing those um, in October, Alice was like, well, what if we did like a beer festival or wine tasting sort of? She said wine tasting first in the corn maze, in their corn maze. I was like, that'd be really cool. I said, let's just do beer instead. And, um, but we just never, a lot of the breweries I talked to around here, they're like, no, that's not going to work. We don't really want to do it, you know. Um, but, uh, so we wound up not doing it. But I desperately wanted to, want to do some sort of a beer festival, you know. I think that'd be, I think it'd be a blast, A. Yeah. And B, I think it would work. Um, and people in central New York love to drink their faces off for yeah. $50. <laughs> um, yeah, the, I think it'd be hard to plan something in a corn maze and, and then all of a range. You yeah, know, you know, know. So that's yeah. the problem with planning some things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, one of the issues that I see is um, when you, if to try and do just a festival of all the breweries that are in Syracuse, oh, um, yeah. it's everyone's already going to them already. Exactly. So, um, even the breweries themselves want to see some new people. Yeah. So we've made friends all over the country, and so one of the cool. ideas would be to have some of them come oh, to a festival, cool. and friend, you know, and yeah. collaborations. You know, some of the collaborations around here work really well, and yeah, we'd like to see more of that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We brought in Woodland Farms for one of them, and they did really well because mm-hmm. it's just like you said, it's they're place. close enough, but yeah. So we'll we'll be starting them in January if you guys want to come to one. You know, and be like the brewery. Yeah, I didn't know who to reach out to last year. Um, I saw it happening and I wanted to yeah. be a part of it. So I think we're going to limit it unless it's like, unless like the St. Patrick's Day one will probably do two, but two breweries, but not three, you know, because they had a bigger crowd for the, and they did like multiple seatings. But on just a regular event, I think one brewery is enough. You don't need two. I mean, my first thought was people want diversity. Like, hey, I can go get a beer from them and then I can go get a beer from them. Um, but that really wasn't the way it worked. People were just buying beer from one place. So then three breweries separating, you know, like I said, 100 beers. Yeah, I think it would be, um, my preference would be the showcase brewery for the weekend or whatever yeah. event. And then you rotate someone else in. I right. think give everybody a spotlight. I think that would be, yeah, that would be work fun. well. Yeah. And of course we could come with a food pairing. Yeah. See? Uh, and they have a kitchen. You could probably just show up and use it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Count me in. And Tom can talk his face off about yeah. about the nuances of the beer you're tasting with oh, the Oh, that's a good idea. Yes. Maybe we should do a ticketed a beer really pairing dinner. That's that would be we would love to be a part oh. of that. Um we've already got the groundwork in yeah. staff to to help out with that. Yeah. Um that'd be really cool. Yeah. Hmm. Cuz everyone's doing wine. Yeah. Right? Wine dinners. Right. <laughs> Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We've got some cool episodes coming up. We've got um, a Christmas episode coming out with uh, the crew over at 317 at Montgomery Street coming out on Christmas Eve. Um, tomorrow night, I'm recording episodes with the gang from Spatchcock Funk, Matt and Alex. And then I'm recording another episode with John Page. We've got Lauren from Amano coming on soon. We also have our episodes from the Palace gig that we're going to be... I don't know where, how we're releasing them, but they're coming out somewhere on an Eat Local New York channel. So make sure you're subscribed to everything on Facebook and uh, TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and our podcast. 
But with those episodes, they were really cool. We interviewed the crew over to Mono. We interviewed John Stage and Eric Devendorf and Dana Teresa Seeley and uh, Rachel and um, uh, uh, Karen and right off from uh, Possibilities and uh, Adam Weitzman. So those are going to be cool. They're going to be coming out somewhere. Stay tuned for them. Make sure you're following us online. You can also visit us on our website at eatlocalnewyork.com. And that's all I got for you. Thank you so much. We're going to catch you next week right here on the Eat Local New York Podcast.